for joining me today. Let's announce Jesus. He said he'd be where we are. When we gathered in his name, he'd be here. So let's acknowledge him, Jesus. We thank you so much that you are here and that you're teaching us and, and you're preparing us for when you come. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. We appreciate you. In your name we pray. Amen. He's so good, and He truly is so in love with us, and it's not His will that one should perish. And He wants us to know that He is planning on coming soon, and He wants us to be ready, and so He's giving us this time. He's asking me to help prepare you for eternity. You know, so often I, I tell people my experiences about how Jesus has made it so clear that He's coming. And, and he's gotten me to the place where I anticipated any time. And um, I, know, I know things and I don't know things. But what I do know is he wants you to be ready. And I know from experience, he gives us plenty of time to prepare for things. I wanted to tell you about my mom. She was wanting to go to heaven and she was asking God to take her. She was 80 83 years old, and I didn't want her to go, but she wanted to go, and she wanted to learn what would happen when she left here. And we started looking at the Word, and um, I I was informed by God I needed to let go of her because only He can be your God. And so I started helping her, and it was the strangest thing because most people are afraid to die, and they don't want to die, and they don't want to go, and they want to be here, and they don't even want to talk about it. And as much as reminds me of God is saying, we don't talk about hell. And we need to talk about hell. But first, I want to give you a little taste of heaven through my experience with my mom. And so here she was, you know, I, I think it was like three years. He said, I'm going to take your mom. She had the same confirmation. She said, God's going to take me. And um, then this big collision happened. The enemy came into her life, and she's in unforgiveness. And, and so at that point, I didn't want her to go because I could see that she was in unforgiveness. And being in unforgiveness, um, you can't live in heaven. You can't move in there. And so I was praying God wouldn't take her. So she got to the place where she was really frustrated. She ended up in a nursing home. And... I'm going to shorten this up a little bit because I've told the story more than once. But she was calling out to God, and she was wanting to know why she was still here. And he said, you're not ready for heaven. And I want you to note, he didn't say no. He's so kind. He's so compassionate. He said, you're not ready. You need to forgive. So she had to forgive. She was in a situation where she had to just forgive. And so she, she did. She forgave. She forgave the person that she was so hurt by. And you know, Satan does that. He comes in and he just causes chaos, especially if he's finding out that you're wanting to, you're wanting to take off and go to heaven. He's going to try to stop you. And I think we're really ignorant of that. Um, Mark 4, Jesus said, he warned us that Satan was going to try to steal the word from us. And the word is God. God is his word. So he's trying to steal your eternity from you, really, what it comes down to. And he was trying to do that with my mom. So I was like, Lord, just don't take her. 
please don't take her if she's going to hell. And um, so anyway, she got it right. She said, okay, I'm going to submit. And she submitted, and I feel God prompting me, okay, I'm going to tell you another part of the story. We're witnesses, you know, and actually what he told her is she had to be more like me. At first, I didn't like it, but he was saying, that is what a witness is. You showed her how to love in the midst of what she was going through. And if I would have told her, he said, she had to be more like me, she wouldn't have been able to see that she could be. But when I said she should be more like her daughter, she saw me grow from, you know, where I was to um, where I was that day. And, you know, my path, my journey has been learning how to love even though I was hurt. And so that's what he wanted me to teach her. And um, I did that. And so anyway, then she got to the place where um, she found out that she was going to be leaving. And um, so it, it was, she, she was um, back and forth. She was undecided because it took so long. There was this lapse of time. And so then she was like back and forth with it. And it was so cool how God reaffirmed and comforted her and myself. And I had this vision of her walking like, on the clouds, you know, maybe about like that, just enough that you couldn't see the floor or the ground or the road or whatever she was walking on. And she was just picking flowers and taking her time. And I felt like God gave me that vision to show me that she she was trying to decide what she should do. And she was afraid and, you know, thinking the same thing when we leave here and we go to be with the Lord, what's it going to be like? It's going to be so different. And I think it's a scary feeling because we know what to expect here. We get up. We're used to being here. But what's it really going to be like living with God, living in the new heaven and the new earth and him being there all the time? It's a little bit scary of a thought, although we know it's going to be good. And Jesus said he's going to prepare a place for us still not having actually been there and knowing how it's going to be seems a little scary. And I, I thought that's what she was going through and why she was just picking the flowers. And, you know, um, she was actually at one point saying, well, this is taking so long, let's go shopping. My mom was a funny lady. But anyway, so she finally got to the place where um, I believe she decided. And, and I wondered if she had that same vision that I had because she had she started getting a piece and and you could tell that God was comforting her. And then the last morning, she actually woke up just to say, I'm going home today. And she laid back down, and that day she left. And um, God showed me in the spirit that she left. And I had such an amazing peace that I never had before. I didn't even cry because I miss her dearly. But she tried so hard to get there. And she had such a revelation of where she was going. And the reason I told you that story today is because we got to have that trust. We have to have that revelation of where we're going from here. And, you know, my mom always said, there's all kinds of Christians because not everybody who says they're a Christian is a Christian. And Jesus said that. I want to read it to you in Matthew 7. 21, he said, many on that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, 
um, oh, not many on that day who, who say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many mighty works in your name? And I will say to them openly and publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. Now, you know, my mom could have said, well, no, I'm not going to forgive. I hurt too much. But she submitted. She regarded his command. And so she wasn't one of those that, um, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. I praise him for that. She wasn't one of those he would say away from me, I never knew you. Yeah, and I know he's talking about when he gets here, but either way, we're going to stand before him. Whether you leave here first or he comes first, we're going to stand before him. And so before she forgave, I already knew she fit in this category, and I was afraid he was going to say, away from me, I never knew you. And you love your mom, right? And I loved her so much. I'm just, God, please don't take her. And so um, he didn't at that time, but he did after she forgave. She forgave. She didn't feel like forgiving. You know, we don't always feel like doing what God is telling us to do, but we don't live by how we feel. We live by his authority because we want to live in his kingdom right here and right now. And when we leave here, well, I think most of us have the, the knowledge of we want to when we leave here, but... You want to live there now, and you live there now by obeying him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me, and I'll show myself to you. And which, you know, is what I taught my mom. First of all, in order to know God, you have to know that you can hear from him. There's so many lies going around. People say, you can't hear from God. You're crazy. God doesn't talk to people. Yes, he does. We're his children. Jesus said, if you follow me, then... Um, my sheep know my voice, and he will give us eternal life. If you look at the word of God, that is God talking to you, and you'll be able to believe. But when you're not believing, when you're not looking at the word of God, you can't even believe because you're not having that refreshing of him talking to you, or if you don't sit in his presence. So if you just um, don't give him time of day, of course, you're not going to have faith. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing the word of God. When you hang out with someone, you start having faith in them. So just like anything else, you're going to have trust in him when you know him. And he wants us to know his word. So there's a story in Luke 16, 19. There is a certain rich man. And he was, he habitually clothed himself in purple and fine linen. And then there was Lazarus, um, his name was Lazarus, and he was at his gate, and he was just satisfied to eat the crumbs from the table, and from this man's table, and then he, it says even the dogs licked his sores. So he, the man that was reduced to begging, he died. And um, it says the angels, he died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man died and he was buried. And in Hades, in the realm of the dead, he looked up and he saw Abraham and he saw Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, he said, have pity and mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue. 
And Abraham said, remember that in your lifetime you fully received what was due to you, comforts and delights. And Lazarus, um, he was discomforted and distressed. And now he's comforted and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us is a great chasm and, and it has been fixed in order that those who want to pass this place may not be able to. So then he asked if um, Lazarus could go warn his brothers to his father's house so that they wouldn't come there too. And he said, no, that they have the prophets, they have Moses, and if they didn't believe him, they're not going to believe a dead man. And so I told you that story so that you could have the understanding that not everyone goes to hell. I mean, heaven. Some people do go to hell. And, you know, maybe you're wondering, well, what did this man do that was so bad? Why is he in hell? Because we, we read in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And the ones that don't enter in are those who practice lawlessness. And so if we don't care, we're practicing lawlessness. This man didn't care about Lazarus. He knew he was at his gate just eating his crumbs. And he didn't do anything about it. He didn't care. He didn't love him. And that is the most important command to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And that means to care about what God cares about. And God cares about us. The, most, the second most important commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we are to put others before ourselves. And so if we don't care, then we're breaking his law. And that is why the rich man ended up in hell, because he didn't care. He didn't, he didn't care about the man. How often do um, some of us drive by somebody on a street corner looking for food, looking for good? And, you know, we're in our fancy um, SUV and we got on our fancy clothes and um, we're probably maybe just giving you a picture, eating our lunch on our way back to work and just look down at the person with a sign with grubby clothes on and holes and hungry and, and looking to you and, and just look away. And um, that... That is the same picture of this rich man. But we don't look at ourselves that way. We just think, well, that's their problem. You know, I worked hard to get where I am. They can do what I, what I, what I did. There's no reason they should be sitting on the corner. But you know what? You don't know the reason they're sitting there. You don't know what they've been through. And you really don't even know if that's an angel or not. Um, God was saying to me one day, he said, what if that's me? What if that was me sitting on the corner? What about if it was me with raggy clothes on and with a sign asking for food or for money? And you looked down at me. And didn't Jesus say, what you do for the least of men, you've done for me, right? Remember he said in Matthew 25 that the ones who visited him while he was in prison or, or fed him, you did that for him if you did that for someone. Which reminds me, you know, there's so many people in the nursing homes and they don't have anyone. Some of them don't have anyone. And they're just giving medication and set there. I actually had a vision once of 
these people in a jar with a cover on and they weren't getting any love. And especially now, the way things are going, they don't get visitors. And I'm not going to get into all that today, but, you know, we, we live separate from God. We're not living in his kingdom. And Jesus said many on that day. And Jesus said there's few on the narrow path. So I, I guess the thing that he wants me to bring up is the thing I see all the time. People know that Jesus is coming, and they listen to me tell what I know, but instantly they go to, to their opinion, which is, I'm okay. I'm right with Jesus. I'm going to leave here. When I leave here, I'm going to go be with him. And some of these same people don't hear God. I mean, many people tell me they don't know, and they hope so. But there's a lot of people that just are prideful in their thinking and think, yeah, of course I am. I said the prayer, I go to church. But are you the one that drove by that man on the corner that needed help and you judged him? Jesus said, don't judge or you're going to be judged according to how you judge. You know, Christians, Christians don't read their Bible. They don't know God's opinion. They live by their opinion. And on that day when you stand before Jesus, if your opinion differs with his opinion, then he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. So I'm not telling you this today to make you feel down about yourself or, you know, anything like that. I'm telling you this today because Jesus wants you to have a vision for your eternity. He wants you to know what's ahead. Not just assume by your own opinion you're right with him, but get on your knees and let him show you. You'd be surprised all the air that you have. And um, as I said, there's so many people I tell my story to how God told me I'm not ready and I'm prideful and I'm this and that. And they look at me like, wow, you, get, you better get it together. But I know for a fact that they aren't right with Jesus either. Because some of the people I know, and some of them just, you can hear somebody talk a few minutes, and, and you can tell that they don't have that relationship. So like my mom said, there's all kinds of Christians. But who is the true Christian? Who follows after Jesus? And Jesus said that. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and I'm going to take the dead off of you, right? The dead branches off of you. And when we're in agreement, then you can ask whatever you will, and it will be done for you. And so um, we got to be in agreement with him. So on that day, he doesn't say, I didn't know you. If you ignore a person that you and your estimation is lower than you are, or just ignore one of the commands, you're really ignoring Jesus, and then you're snubbing him. And on that day, he's, he's just going to do the same thing that you've been doing to him. He's going to say, I didn't know you. You didn't practice my law. You didn't live in my kingdom here on the earth. You didn't forgive when I told you to forgive. I'm so glad my mom did that. And um, I don't know where you're at. Maybe it is unforgiveness. You know, a lot of people think they have forgiven. I've talking to, talked to a lot of people, and they say, I forgive, but I can't forget I'll never forget it. So they're carrying that 
they're harboring that. And that is not what Jesus is talking about when he said forgive. If you're reading the Amplified Bible, it says let it drop, let it go. Just forgive, forget it. Love again. That's forgiving, and you can't forgive without his help. You have to just say, okay, I want to forgive because you told me to, but it hurts. And um, God will heal you. He'll help you. He healed my mom. She was able to forgive because she chose his way. Not in her own strength, but she chose his way is why she was able to do that. He'll empower you to do his will. And so whatever it is, you know, if you, if you, whatever he tells you to do and you don't do it, then you're, you're really snubbing him and saying no. And to know that you aren't any better than anyone else is a good thing to know. And when you know that, it's only because Jesus shows you. We have this idea of ourselves that we don't even realize until we get in front of the mirror, until you get in front of the Word of God, and you see yourself. You let Him reflect. If, if you look at the Word of God, you're going to start feeling convicted. And, you know, we talked about that. You want to do that changing now. You don't want to stand out naked before Him when He comes, but you want to do it now and just say, whatever, whatever you need to do. Go ahead and change me. Make me like you. I want to fit into heaven. I want to fit into your kingdom. And then he will do that, but he needs your permission. He said, many on that day, many who, they're going to say, Lord, Lord. And those are the people that think they're right with him. And you can't think on your own. You have to let him expose who you are. He sees through you. There's nothing he doesn't see, but we're blind until he shows us. And so today, what he wants you to know is if, if you think that you're good and you're going to heaven when you leave here, then think again, because you probably are not. It's not a prayer. It's not saying, um, yeah, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So you don't say, okay, I'm going to say this prayer, and I believe you, Jesus, and now I'm going to have eternal life. Nope, that's not it. If you believe in him, then you're going to act that way, you're going to talk that way, and you're going to know him. He's not going to say, I didn't know you. If you believe in him, it's an action. It's not just a prayer. You can't say a prayer and then disconnect and think that you're going to move in with him someday. You're not. God said, many of my people think they're going to move in with me one day, but right here and right now, they don't have time with, for me. They don't agree with me, want nothing to do with me, yet they still think they're going to move in with me someday. He sees our deception. He sees how we look at things, but it's up to us. You know, he's coming. He said that he's coming. He's coming quickly, and he still isn't here. He still isn't here, and I, I know why he's not here because he loves us, and he wants us to see clearly, to make a clear choice. When you know to do something and you continually don't do it, then you're making your choice. And he's waiting. And he's also asked us to prepare the way for him. And we're not doing that. We're not doing that. When he left, he said, do that greater work. There's something for us to do rather than sitting around in purple and driving our, our big fancy 
SUV down the street and looking down at other people. There's more to do than that. And I'm not saying we all do that. And like I said, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. Hopefully you know that. But I'm just saying, this is your time to get ready. Get right with Jesus. And stop thinking that, you know, you said the prayer and and you're good. And I love you. And I don't want you to be deceived in thinking that you're good. We need to be afraid that we're not. We need to examine ourselves. You know, what you say you believe, what you, what you say you believe and what you believe are really two different things. If you say you believe something, then you're going to act what you say you believe out. But if you actually believe something, but I mean, but if you don't believe something, you're not going to act, you're not going to act it. And I said that, but I'm saying it again because if you say that you're going to go to heaven, but you don't, if you don't act like you're going to go to heaven, then you're just saying something that you don't really even believe. And so what I'm trying to say is you can say that you're going to go to heaven and you can pretend that you're, you're acting that out. You know, you can be a pretender and that's not going to work. But if you have reverence for God and you say, I believe I'm going to go to heaven. I believe his word and I, I believe that I'm going to be able to do his word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a different kind of believing. And that's the kind of believing we have to do. And you have to say, I believe I can do that greater thing. I believe I can be your hands and your feet. And what you care about, I care about. That's believing. And getting up every day. And he told me to anticipate him coming every day. Because if we don't, we're going to forget. We're going to nod off. And we're going to fall asleep in the sense that we're going to forget he's coming and just go back to doing what our flesh wants to do. And we read that in Matthew 24 the other day. We have to be watching every day, anticipate him, act like he's coming tomorrow. And even if he doesn't come tomorrow, then at least you'll be ready for tomorrow whenever that tomorrow is. And even if it's not in your lifetime, you're going to stand before him. And so, but I do believe he's coming quicker than we think, and I believe this is like our last chance. I feel like he's showing me that to um, get ready, get ready. I don't know how much time we have, but get ready. And that is what I'm to tell you. That uh, that is my message. I'm the messenger to tell you get ready, because the time is soon. And then all the things that he mentions in Revelation could happen really quick. Suddenlies are things that happen quick. And so it could just happen just like that. And he did say in Revelation that, I mean, in Matthew, that um, things are going to be quicker because of the anguish. Because God isn't going to let his people go through things that they can't handle. And so, anyway, we don't know the day or the hour, but we do know we can be ready. And so I just want to encourage you to be ready and don't think that you're okay with God unless you've heard from him firsthand. Can't go to someone else and get to know him for get to know him through someone else. You got to get to know him yourself. And so if you never asked him to be your Lord, 
to come and live on the inside of you. He said in Revelation 3.20, he said he's already knocking at the door of your heart. And if you invite him in, he, he will come in. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and heeds, listens to my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he will eat with me. And so if you invite him in, he's going to come in and live on the inside of you. His spirit is going to live on the inside of you. And in John, it tells us that he, he said he, the Holy Spirit's going to come, be our counselor, or stand by our comforter, anything we need. He's going to tell us things to come and remind us of the things that Jesus said. So we're going to know things to come, and that's what he told me. I'm coming. Tell my people to get ready. It's not my will that one should perish. I'm coming. I don't know the concept of the time, and neither do you. But the thing is, get ready. Everything else is temporary. Your stuff, your car, everything here is temporary. You can't take it with you. I heard someone say the other day, and it makes perfect sense. It's cool. The only thing you can take with you is people. You can get people saved, and that is the greater work. We are, we are to show the Father. We're to show Jesus. When Jesus came, he said, I only say and do what the Father tells me to say and do. He represented the Father, and we're supposed to follow him. And then he's going to lead us to eternal life. And we're going to be able to help others get there, too. Our life is not here. Our life isn't about us. It isn't. It's about those around us. It's about that person next to you, behind you, the person that you struggle getting along with. You know, God isn't necessarily going to take that person out of your life, but he's going to train you to love beyond measure. Look how Jesus loved when he was here, and we're to be like him. So anyway, we got some training to do. We're not ready, and we don't want him to just all of a sudden show up. My last message is ready or not, here I come, and we don't want it to be like that. You want to get ready and be ready, and I'm not going to quit saying that because I'm supposed to. That's my message. Get ready. He's coming. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> Let's say that prayer, Jesus. We thank you and praise you that you want to come and live on the inside of us and be our God and, and teach us how to be ready, teach us how to live in your kingdom right here and right now. We thank you for your warning. We thank you for your revelation knowledge. We thank you that we can do this because you live on the inside of us. We thank you and praise you, Lord, that you want to live on the inside of us and be in agreement with us and and love us and live with us for eternity. So we just thank you. We thank you for being there and for knocking at our door. And we just receive you now. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you said that prayer, he is living on the inside of you. And then he is his word, John 1, 1. So you need to get to know the word of God. Start in Matthew. Get to know Jesus. Catch up. Find out where we're at. Read, read Revelation so you know what is to come. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Get on your knees every day. Be in constant communication with him. That is the best way. Always be talking to him. And when you give him attention, he'll answer. Just like, you know, if you purposely turn on a radio station, my pastor used to say something like that, and I thought it was pretty cool. You got to tune in. You got to tune in, and you will hear his voice. And remember, the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. He's trying to steal your eternity. He's trying to steal anything good from you, and that's your eternity. That's God. He's 
trying to steal God from you and your good life here, your peace, your joy, your contentment, revelation, knowledge, the knowing. He's, he's evil. But Jesus, he's so good. He said, I came that you may have life, have it to the full until it overflows, which makes me think of this lockdown thing. We are locked up in fear because we fear. That is what it's come to. We don't trust God. We're afraid. If we trust God, we have faith, and then we have that good, abundant life. But being afraid is the enemy killing, stealing, and destroying in our lives. So think about that. Think about whether you're just going to relax and have faith or you're going to be in fear. I actually ran into someone at the grocery store the other day who wasn't afraid. She was like me. She wasn't afraid. And so you don't need to be afraid when you have Jesus living on the inside of you. He's going to take care of you. If you said that prayer, I'd love it so much if you let me know if I could help you in any way. I would love that too. God bless you and thank you so much for listening today.